the period of the period of racing that we're talking about here and th this is why this interview means so much to me personally because i remember watching all those diamond p uh videos and all the interviews with you and steve evans down and down in the pits and you always seemed like such a, a shy guy back then and I, i'm not seeing that in you now well well you're right i am trying to be more social but um back in you know back in my racing career i my nose was the grindstone i was not a social butterfly at the racetrack and 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 uh, i you know I burned plenty of pistons and I had plenty of work to do, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, I, I, I took it pretty serious and I was, I was, I was at, after one thing and that's to try to beat somebody down that drag strip, you know, yeah. I, I, uh, I do. I would like to spend a little time talking about the McGee car I drove. Yeah. Yeah. By all means. And, you know, cause after, after I left minor, out there, you know, I spent some time with the McGee's in the quad cam engine and, and, um, you know, Phil McGee and Chris McGee, you know, we had quite a relationship with them. And, and when I first got into them, you know, their car was not performing, um, uh, real well, um, uh, in my opinion. And, and I, um, was able to bring to them, you know, how to race it. And, um, you know, I drove it. Well, initially I, I didn't, but uh, um, I, I took over driving and I was able to help them out in what that engine needed and um, uh, in the fuel system, for one thing. And there, uh, we looked at their barrel valve and, and I said, no, the barrel valve needs to do this, needs to do that. You know, well, I'm, you know, Chris said, well, I'll make one. Okay. Well, he called me up a couple of days later. I got a new barrel valve. Get up here, you know. Well, we eventually got that car running pretty darn good. In fact, my, the quickest runs in my career are the four runs in the, the fours in the McGee car. Okay. And yeah, 492 was the quickest we ran. And I ran two, 290 in it. That is also my fastest run in a, in a quarter mile is in the McGee car. And well, we can talk about the 83 car and how good it was, but the fastest runs are still in the McGee car. Now we're talking, we're talking almost 10 years later, but, but, uh, and, and, um, I gotta, I gotta tell you, um, one, one drag race we had at it because, um, it, it is technically the last person I beat in a, in a top fuel car, but we qualified at, with the McGee car, we qualified number eight at, um, I believe it was the world finals. And we were racing number nine, and that is Shelly Anderson. Yeah. Um, Shelly Payne today, but Shelly Anderson was driving her dad's, Brad Anderson's car. Well, Brad, you know, is an engine builder and, and manufacturer of, of the Brad Anderson heads and blocks and stuff. Well, he was trying to get the four valve motor, you know, banned from NHRA. And so, so here we go to race Brad Anderson and Shelly Anderson at the time, you know, first round. And, and be an eight, nine qualifier, you're dead first. So we're in, in the, we go to the water box 
and and we're getting suit. We're going to get suited up. And I go over to talk to Shelly a, a second, and she was nervous, quite nervous, I felt. And um, but anyway, we get in the in the we climb in, and they play the national anthem, and and um, and start your engines, and we start that McGee car up, and we knock them off. We beat them. We beat them in first round, and they were heartbroken, you know. And you know um, that the McGee car got by him, and then we go to second round, and Eddie Hill beats me. Eddie Eddie was running really good. Yeah. Eddie Hill knocked us off. So in my career, my last win was against Shelly Anderson, and then the defeat was uh, Eddie Hill. I actually drove a little bit after that again. I you know because I drove a models car one test session when Tim Richards was crew chief on it. They were world champion. I got a chance to jump in it. I made five or six runs in that car, ran five flat in it. Um, what, what, they were trying what, to get, what year would that have been? 94, I believe, maybe okay. 93. Well, not, maybe not. It, it was it was in November of the year, he one of his world championship years, because okay. he was the world champion. We raced down in Braderton, Florida, testing ground effects for them. And um, I was in, that's an interesting conversation, racing for Tim Richards, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes, he drives the car from the outside. You know, he tells you exactly how to drive it. And, really? And, yeah. Um, which which uh, I can expand a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, the first burnout, I go to drive it and I didn't smoke the tires. Well, it's got a throttle stop on it and I'm used to, I'm used to giving it a good throttle. Well, I roll it too far out. I didn't hit it hard enough. So it wasn't real happy with me. So then we, we made a couple of runs and the, the ground effects steered the car and it really had the car glued to it. It worked. It really worked. The ground effects really worked, but but it's heavy and it wouldn't ET also. But one run, it was taking me, it was taking me um, towards the guardrail, and I just and uh, I had the front wheels turned, and and nothing was happening. I'm turn, I'm looking at the front wheels. Nothing's happening. So I lighten up on the throttle a little bit. And I get steering back and down the track I go. So I, I tell Tim that, and he said, well, okay. He said, he says, were you okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, then they had a computer. He said, hey, you lifted. Well, yeah, I was down there driving the car. Never, you know, never lift on my car. He says, you're full throttle or lift totally, but you don't drive my car. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> that wasn't my style so much, you know. So then he said, you know, he says, uh, Gary, you're sneaking up the RPM on the starting line a little bit on the burnout. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of bring it. That's my style. He says, says I don't like that. Okay. Okay, I won't do it. So then we go to race, and he says, uh, Gary, he says, um, his stage, and he says, I don't want to hear one, the engine move up one RPM. Okay. He says, you could take the slack out of the throttle linkage if you want. 
Um, oh, well, thanks a lot. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm afraid to even step on this thing now. But anyway, we race and we actually got beat. Daryl Glenn beat us first round when he was driving. He, he ran a, a 520 on us and beat us. But uh, we made test runs in it. So it was kind of interesting driving a world championship team car, Tim Richard and Joe Amato, you know. Uh, yeah, speaking, drove, speaking of Tim, yeah, Richard, was, he just got was, inducted was, into the International Drag Racing Hall of Fame uh, this last year. I was down there for that, so I was glad, glad to see him finally get into the into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I mean, he no, he's great, you know. And and then um, I drove for Mike Peak one time. I drove at Topeka, and um, I think we got the five flat with that one too. We needed a four to qualify, but yes. So, so, you know, uh, um, you know, you know, uh, it took me when I, you know, quit professional drag racing, it took me maybe 10 years to kind of come down from it, but the McGee, the McGee car and, and driving a models car and, and a little bit with Mike Peak and, you know, kind of allowed me to kind of step away, you know, so, but it took 10 years to get it out, you know. Well, but you're still not away from it because your son's racing, right? And, and I need to ask you, Cammy, she's your she's your niece, right? Is she still? I, I know it. she was in Junior Dragster. Is she still racing? Well, not today. Um, she raced a junior car for numerous years, and then she she worked with uh, Jason Rupert on the Nostalgia Funny. Oh, okay. And then parted ways. She's actually over at Phoenix. Um, 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 pardon me, Vegas. She's over at Vegas this weekend to the national event, working, uh, hang, working or hanging around one of the nostalgia cars that are racing over there. You know, okay. so she's you, nitrous in her blood. You know, she's yeah. Well, your son, good. your son's yeah, racing. My son, my son, Randy, has done um, um, quite well. Division six. He's you know he's won two national events, both at Seattle. Yeah, and he won Division Six um, one year, and he's he's in the hunt numerous years. He's been running Super Comp ten years. He'll um, we just um, I raced up there with him at the Division Seven doubleheader at Bakersfield a couple of weeks ago, and we got we got um, taught a lesson up there. <laughs> you know, that's a tough class Super Comp. Yeah, you know? and and. Uh, He's coming to the world finals. We'll do that. You know, so yeah. Well, yeah. it keeps it, it keeps you in the it keeps you in the sport. So did did you did you yourself ever do any nostalgia racing or not? Well, I raced with you know uh, John John Cox and John Rodak when they were partners. I worked on the crew. Now I never drove the car. Okay. I worked on the car. I was a worked on the cylinder heads and the assembly of the engines and then when they split away i went with they split up after a while and and i went with john rodak and we raced that with jack harris driving initially and then then randy drove um uh, made a few runs in it and and then um mike chrisman um he drove it also until rodak pulled out of it you know and um uh, but we haven't done any any actual racing in a, quite some time. So, so yeah. 
was was 90 94 was actually the last year then that you drove a car is that right correct yes mm -hmm. so okay you're done driving in 94 what do you do with the rest of your life what you do after that well well i got into a couple street routes you know i got a 40 ford pickup and a 32 ford roadster and the roadster's got a blown 392 chrysler in it with a rodak water block 392 aluminum heads it's an all aluminum 392 goes like a rocket ship yeah. <laughs> it's got a respect dash in it you know and it's it's got a richmond five speed and a winter's quick change you know so it's a it's it gives you a the a ticket ride so are you my, gonna... 40, my 40 pickup is more a driver you know it's got a small block chevy in it but i drive the heck out of i just completed 4200 miles drive up into the northwest and idaho and stuff in the 40 pickup yeah you're gonna are you gonna yeah. have both of them down at the nitro revival uh next weekend i am yeah yeah now how is one guy gonna drive two cars up there <laughs> well henry walter henry walter will be driving my 40 40 up and and um somebody will go with me on my 32 but we'll be up there friday night yeah. And and then all day Saturday, I'm, I I probably won't be there Sunday. You're you're coming to the Nitro Revival? Yeah, I got my media credentials. Are going to be out there. My son's going to be coming with me, and we're going to be filming the entire event. Last year when I did it, it was just me, and it made it really difficult to try and get the interviews done. So I'm bringing along a partner in crime this time, and Mike Couch oh, is going to be Mike Couch is going to be hanging with us. And you know, I think I actually have to be his designated driver again this year. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, right. I I understand. <laughs> well, you'll see my street rods. You know, we'll be there talking the talk. Yeah, walk on the walk. You know, so. <laughs> so I'm looking forward. Well, Henry Walther, I haven't met him in person yet, but uh, you know, I've had some communication with him. And uh, um, Terry Terry Cap, you know, a, a native of Canada up there. We're going to be trying to get an interview done with him after the Nitro Revival is over. So. I mean, what what was you? What kind of a relationship did you have with Terry Cap? Well, it's certainly very good today. You know, back when we were competitors, <laughs> I don't know. He, you know, he, I mean, he beat me at Indy when he won. Yeah. You know, so I can't like him too much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's probably still mad at you for stealing Bernie Federally away, right? Well, I imagine. I imagine. You know, I don't blame him. <laughs> but. but uh, yeah. Bernie wanted to do other things, you know, in his, his life. You know, when I first met Bernie, he was, he was a mechanic in a dairy, fixing dairy trucks. Wow. You know, that's how he made his living. Then he opened up a cylinder head business and, and was doing that for some time. But I do believe he wanted away from that and, and the opportunity come to Hemet, you know, and, happened and we got we got him in the middle of the year which was a good thing you know so and there's and lots of stories a lot of stories with bernie and stuff you know so well you know, and um, the re with the with bernie federally the rest is history now at this point i mean wow what a stellar career he went on to have Un yeah. incredible well you know after he left minor you know he was force and he was part of that dominance building effort you know yeah. Well, you know, to put my, my career in a little perspective time-wise, when, when Miner released me um, in the end of the 86 season, John Force hadn't won a national event yet. 
His first national event win was Montreal of 87. Yeah. I mean, that, think about that for a little bit. <laughs> I, I know, you know, and it, it, I, you know, the funny thing about John Force is when he started out, it, <laughs> it was a disaster on wheels. I mean, he running into guardrails, oh, blowing stuff up, oil and tracks down to the point where oh, yeah. I, I think I, Larry I mean, I got, wanted to throw I, him I got, out of OCIR at one point. I got my John Force story that I tell. We were at Orange County one time. Um, with Larry Miner in a semi and John Force is there with his, I believe he had a semi, but he had his, his team. So this is before he had won a national event for sure. But anyway, they were parked in front of us and um, that's how you did it at Orange County. And he felt that we were taking up too much room and he came over and gave us all kinds of crap for taking up too much room in the pits, you know, with our operation out of Hammett. And look at what he's got out there today, you know. Uh, <laughs> give me a break. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard some John Force stories about the old days out in Southern California racing on those tracks and what a mess it was. And, you know, yeah. it's, but, you know, this is what you guys, this is what I love about the sport of drag racing. If you're willing to put in the hours and put in the hard work, I mean, look at oh, you. Yeah. The sky's well, the limit. The, John is one of the great funny car drivers out there today. Yeah. I mean, he gets it down the track. He still wins his share of rounds and races. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's John Force. I mean, he's, uh, you know, I mean, he he's fields darn good cars and he can drive them, you know. So, yeah. Hey, you know, what's fun to do is, is to go back in time to like, um, the K the 80 Cajun nationals, uh, or in that era of time when, when Steve Evans used to interview him at the end of the track, it was a completely different John force back then than what you see now. It's it, you know, the, the character yeah. grew as time went on. Oh, sure. And sure, it, absolutely. And yeah. unfortunately between him and maybe, maybe Ron caps, they're, they're really the only two characters that are left in drag racing right now. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. guys were all bigger than life back there. You were all characters, as far as I'm concerned. Everybody had a great personality back then. So, yeah. well, you know, it, it it was different, I guess. You know, you know, but it, um, I'm like, like I've said, it was a heck of a lot of fun. You know, and I mean, Steve Evans and and I were good friends because he lived right where close, and we were social. You know, and you know, that era of announcing between Dave McClellan and Steve Evans. I mean, and, you know, I mean, you, you can't hardly get any better than that. You know, I mean, you know, uh, you know, Bob Fry, you know, today is a stat guy. He knows everything, you know, it's, it's, it's something really is. Yeah. Uh, when we get out to the Nitro Revival, are you going to be in the auto, the all-star autograph session? I assume you're going to be there at the table. I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Okay. So everybody hear that out there. There's going to be what 40 hall of famers out there and Gary Beck's going to be. Uh, one. Speaking of that, what you were, you're, you're inducted in the international drag racing hall of fame, right? Garlet's thing down. Uh, what, what year I, did that uh, happen? 1998. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I can I can explain a little bit about some Hall of Fames. Yeah, um, I'm very fortunate, but you know, um, there's a pretty good list of people on the '98. I'm the only one that's still alive. You know, it's amazing. 
But um, I was inducted, you know, in that one in 1998. Henry did, the, Henry Walther did the induction, actually. Oh, okay. And did a great, great job. Um, and then I was inducted into the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame in 1999. Um, uh, Ray Peets and I were inducted together as a team. They inducted because they do not. They only induct Canadians, yeah. and they, they. I am. I am considered a patriot, which which I I go along with that. I actually was a landed immigrant into Canada. But my citizenship is U.S., yeah. as we spoke about. But Ray Peets is Canadian. That was a Canadian race team. So the race team was inducted into the Hall of Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame in 1999. Yeah. And then in 2015, again, Ray Peets and I were inducted into the Dr Canadian Drag Racing Hall of Fame yeah. in 2015. And then I was inducted into the Division Six Hall of Fame in 2017 for um, because um, I have six division titles because wow. they count the outer division titles yeah. back into to Division Six and two championships. So they Division Six claims that, <laughs> you know, which puts me on a pretty pretty elite group up there. You yeah. Know, so. I mean, you're talking Jerry Ruth and, you know, and Pat Austin. And, I mean, you know, you give me a pretty, pretty tight group there, you know. Yeah. And, well, um, so one of the things that in just general terms that I wanted to talk with you about was, and th this isn't so much about you, but that, that period of time in 1980, uh, the early eighties when, you know, you were having the peak of your career, you had Muldowney who was on top of her career. Uh, I don't know whether big daddy was really a huge factor during that period of time. Um, Cause he disappeared for a while in there, as I recall, but what, what was it like during that period? I mean, you guys to, to all of us who were racing fans out here, you guys were all superstars and you were all battling for it all the time. It seemed like it was, it, to me, it was a magical period in drag racing. Well, well, yeah. Looking back on it, it's, it certainly is. And again, it goes all back to competition, you know, and 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 funding, you know, funding the cars, and then and then the crews, you know, and all of us worked hard to to improve our crews, you know. Certainly at miners, we, you know, even even before Bernie came, you know, we were moving the crews around, and and. and uh, to come up with proper crew people, we had um, um, even and Bernie Bernie came and was part of that. But we had starting to get specialized with cylinder head people, um, you know, the bottom end people, the clutch people. We were starting to get specialized, even though they had multiple duties on the car. We were, you know, more and more equipment on the road, you know, and and. Uh, uh, you know, just more of everything. You know, we, you know, a minor star, we didn't have a, you know, the data recorder on it, you know. Um, he uh, he was against it for a while. We never had it on the 83 car. You know, and he, I think he finally, finally knuckled down. <laughs> and they had him. After I left, I think they got him, you know. 
Well, the, it's a period of time, uh, you know, Kenny Bernstein and, and I think Tim Richards and Joe Amato, you know, Dale Armstrong mm -hmm. with Bernstein and Tim Dale Armstrong, Joe Amato, yeah. you know, they, they, and I, I've never decided whether I think it was good or bad. I know a lot of people have opinions on this, but th those two teams really changed the way the sport operated going forward. I mean, you know, the, them developing Bernstein, developing the onboard computer and, you sure. know, Tim, Tim Richards with the things that he did over there. And, and I mean, the, the sport changed I, right about that time when you left. Do you agree? Well, it, it, and it changed, you know, the, you know, the money that it took, the budgets were go had to go up. You know, and uh, you know, I mean, Larry Miner tried to try to get Dale Armstrong away from Bernstein. You know? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it, um, I, I I can only repeat what I heard, but it was a um, uh, multi-million five-year contract. Oh, and and. Armstrong had went to Bernstein and said, "Hey, I got to look at that." And and Bernie, uh, Bernie, uh, um, Ken Kenny Bernstein had to go to you know Budweiser and say, "Hey, they're, they're <laughs> trying to steal my guy," and they had to match it or come up with a program with it, you know. Yeah. But that got it all started, you know. Yeah, and because and, because. And, Dale Armstrong was an innovator in the sport and he, you know, and, and that's what, it, what where it was going, you know, and, and the clutch, the clutch, you know, the cannon that he really developed. And then after that, it was in the fuel systems, the slide valves, and then the, then the Pete Jackson barrel valve, you know, we, we at miners, we got the first Pete Jackson valve because I was kind of pals with Pete and, and he developed this thing, and, and he said, what do you think about trying this? Well, guess what? It was 540s, <laughs> you know, 550s, <laughs> as soon as we put it on. I mean, it's exactly what I had. I had a, a, a beat valve, an Enderly barrel valve, and it was I had made it in the lines of that direction, but nothing close to it. But it was parked. So, I, I mean, I looked at his barrel valve. Yep, this is going to work, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and it certainly did. Yeah. Well, and Dale Armstrong, if I, I got my notes here, I think I lost that in here. But is Dale Armstrong? He was he was he was part of that whole group up there in Canada too, wasn't he? Back from, he was from outside of Calgary. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. you were yeah. familiar with him, but I mean, you know, the 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 and I know there was a lot of controversy around the development of the Batmobile that you know, Bernstein put out on the track and they just basically were mm -hmm. unstoppable. But in my opinion, it, it changed racing forever from what I grew up with to a whole different sort of generation mm -hmm. of drag racing, whether right. it be good or bad, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you can have another whole conversation where the sport is today, if it's in trouble or not, you know, and, and I mean, you, you, I mean, you, I mean, if you say yes, but it's, you can say yes, but it's all automobile sports, automobile sports. It's every one of them. It's yeah. not just drag racing. Well, yeah. and I, I think that's just, we won't go into this topic because <laughs> yeah, it, right. it, you could spend five hours on this. But I think a lot right. of it has to do with guys like you, guys like me, 
I remember yeah. when I was seven years old, laying out on the garage floor with my dad, doing a valve adjustment on the Ford station wagon, you know, and, and changing yeah. oil and doing all that. I just don't think kids just don't do that anymore. And I think that love of all of it is, is kind of gone away. Unfortunately. Uh, well, let, me, let me just drag a couple other names into this conversation. You know, Rob Flynn, you know, he's from Edmonton. Um, he, you know, when I moved to Edmonton, he was sweeping the floor. He was a teenager sweeping the floor of Wheeler Dealer Speed Shop for Terry Cap. You know, that's what got nitro in his veins. <laughs> Look where he's at now. Yeah. You know, and now, now he's more working for Mike Salinas, right? Yeah. Well, I had a conversation with Mike Salinas here a couple of years ago now, out of Pomona. And he, and he says, Gary, he says, you know, I, uh, and I didn't know him. We, we just met. And he says, you know, I, I go back with you a little bit. He says, uh, he says, you were racing Fremont when I was just a toddler. And, and I, you allowed me to stand in the seat of your car. My dad took a picture of, um, of me standing in your Export A car. So it's 74 or 5. Wow. 1974, 75. And he says, I got those pictures on the wall of my office. And he says, I'm going to win a championship like you did. And that's Mike Salinas. That's what he told me a couple of years ago. And look what he's doing. He's knocking on the door. You know, you know, it's amazing. Um, well, yeah. you know that we we live in the we live in an era now where the cackle fest has grown, and and what Steve Gibbs has done with this Nitro revival after he stepped away from you know the the hot rod yeah. reunion, but uh, Bill Pitt said something to me that has really stuck with me, and he said, you know what, what the cackle fest is allowed to happen is the the uh, the fan to come back together with the hero that they knew from years ago. And that it, for me, that's what it's all about too. I mean, th you guys were all yeah. heroes to all of us. Well, well, not many people get to do what we, what we have done, you know, uh, and it, it is special, you know, we had the desire and somehow figured out a way to do it, you know, and, but not everybody can do it, you know, you, you just can't. And so it is special, you know, you're, you're a professional out there, you know, but, you know, and the, but without the fans, you're nowhere. You know, yeah. and I enjoy I enjoy the autograph sessions. You know, I'll be bringing. I have um, 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 uh, today. Um, you know, I was sponsored by Justice Brothers, and they created a handout, and I I'll bring a bunch of them and sign as many as I can. Uh, I wasn't able to go to the reunion or to the revival last year but I am going this year. And, uh, but I was at the revival the year before uh, the autograph session was like, it was over two, maybe three hours long. You know, <laughs> I think you signed it for everybody that came in the gate. <laughs> you know, we, had, I don't know, we had 40, 40 people signing autographs. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring a picture out Gary to put on the wall of fame back here. I'm going to get you to autograph something at some point to, okay. We can add you to my, wall back here so to wrap this up gary what what's a, what's your future what's the future look like for you Where, what are you up to what are you going to be doing hanging out with your son racing well that's certainly part of it you know um i enjoy um my street rods but i got into model trains also and i i got quite 
a train layout here in the house, an overhead downstairs. And I got this tiny little condo that I live in, 1,200 feet, you know, little two-bedroom, two two-story place. And I got 600 feet of track downstairs. I got a tunnel through. I got a tunnel through the fireplace, tunnel through the walls, and I, I got I got five trains on the layout today. I got the G scale, the large scale. Train. Oh, you did? Okay. And and I got a train forty feet long, you know, and I can run three trains at a time. So, you know, so I'm busy. I got I got my car stuff, and these you know these reunions and revivals are certainly part of it. I go to, I'm kind of done with the indoor car shows, but I do the car, outdoor one day stuff, you know, with my street rods and I got my trains and, you know, and, and I'm, you know, uh, life is good here, you know, and, and I'm busy, retired and happy and, and just, you know, moving along, you know, so. I talked yeah. to, I talked to Carl, well, I told you I talked to Carl Olson earlier today. Right. Just uh, I was, I needed some info from him and uh, he said he had had, uh, what was his grandson down there at your place for a little while, he just did. mesmerized by the trains, huh? He did. He did. Yeah. It, it's fun to bring the little kids in. In fact, this afternoon, my neighbor asked if he could do the same thing, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, my trains, I guess I, I have to describe it as, it's like being hooked on nitro because it's, it's a little elaborate, you know, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, and you're never done with it. it really. It's, you know, the, 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 the track portion of it, I think is done, but I'm working on houses and scenery and, you know, and, and people. And I, I have made it special custom to me. Um, um, I have a, Gary Beck complex, which has a Gary Beck speed shop, a Gary Beck car museum in it. And, and my nieces has the Cami Beck coffee shop to go along with it. <laughs> I built, I built a truck town dealership, which is Dave Barcelona's dealership up in Washington, you know, a drag racer. So I got a, I copied his dealership. I have, I have the Crab Cooker Restaurant, which is one of my favorite restaurants here in Orange County. I have the Emperor's Car Club building. Oh. Now we never had a building; we had a garage with a dirt floor. But so, but I got a I got a modern day Emperor's building with cars and stuff in it. You know, so I've got a lot of special items on my train layout. I mean, it takes me an hour and a half or more just to do a demo on it. You know, and <laughs> wow. If you're out this way, you got to come by. Uh, well, know. here's the thing, Gary. I grew up in a HO family. We, my dad, my father, and I, from the time I can remember, were building and building. And you're right, it never ends, does it? You just keep adding never and building. Ends. And it was, we did a lot. My dad was never an artist. So I always got stuck sculpting mountains, you know, with taking oh, foam, yeah. taking wire, and making the mountains and the tunnels. And, we had a, a great memories of, of running the H and I'm hoping someday to be like you, Gary, to get, to, to get back to it. Oh, I mean, I, it was a bucket list item seven years ago. I had some heart issues and I didn't know how I was going to come out of it. And I said, I need a hobby. And I got into trains. Well, I come out of the heart thing just fine. And, but the trains are going like crazy, you know, it's got a trolley run the train, the trolleys go back and forth, you know, and, I mean, it, and and 
I got a, I built, you know, I used to live in El Toro, um, uh, California, which is next here uh, to Lugano and Igel. But there, um, I, I saw a picture of an El Toro train station from the 1800s. So I built one of those. So I got an El Toro train station and I got an engine that runs on rollers there. And, you know, it, it, I mean, it goes on and on and on. And the power unit, I got, I got, um, five power units to run all the things, you know, and I'm probably going to have to add more there. Also, It's like nitro, you know, it's just like nitro. You got to, how much power do you want? You know, I, I used to have what 90, 90 watt transformers. Now I got, now I got uh, 20, 15 amp and now 20 amp, you know, got to put a couple more percent in the tank, you know, <laughs> just like a drag racer, go big or go home. Right. Well, that's it. Oh, it's gone crazy. But yeah, if you're out this way, have some time. You should come down for a, a demo. It's about an hour drive from where the revival is. All right. You know what? I'll one of these days I'm going to take you up on that offer. I really will because I want to see that. Well, Gary, I unless you have anything to add to this, I I oh, I'm good. I'm good. I enjoy it. I can certainly anytime. I can. We can, we can expand. <laughs> well, I, you know, I just want to say this uh, as we close this out. And I, I want to say this for all of us racing fans out here too, that watching your career, I was a teenager, uh, you know, in the early eighties and watching your career through the eighties was, uh, you know, for me, this is, this isn't hero worship of you, but I got to say, I'm a fanboy. <laughs> well, being able to talk no. to you is just a thrill. 